Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by predictive content analytics software, Inbound Writer, and online proofing and collaboration platform, Proof HQ. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I'm Randy Frisch at Uberflip. Typically, I would be joined by Chris Moody at Oracle Marketing Cloud, but I'm at a very special event this week, and you know, I never like to lie to marketers. We all know how content gets together and how it gets put together. This actually would have happened a few weeks back where I was at Spice World, and Spice World is the event where everything IT connects, and you know, it's been really fun being here, and by being here, I get to have a special co-host today, and that's Rob Z from the Marketing Profs team. Rob, thanks for making time. I'm super pumped to be here. And we are actually talking to two awesome people from Spiceworks. We've got Jen Slasky, Spiceworks brand muse, and Todd DeRocca, marketing whiz kid. So those are some pretty awesome and fun titles, but <laughs> would you guys give us a little idea of what you actually do here at Spiceworks? Yeah, thanks for being here, guys. We're really excited to just to have you here at Spice World. Um, I'm Jen Slasky. I've been at Spiceworks since 2006 when we started, and I was the first marketer on the team. And over the years, have just evolved a lot in terms of what I've done. But in general, um, my official title has always been centered on marketing communications. But to me, what that's meant is anybody on my team is pretty much the people that are bringing the brand to life in the most tangible way, shape, and form. So anything from the website, connecting with IT pros, connecting with tech marketers, just anything that puts our brand out there that people experience is pretty much what I've had the honor to do here working with people like Todd. Yeah. So um, my job as a marketing whiz kid, to kind of clarify that one, is um, so I've got two kind of two primary jobs that I do, and one of them is to work on the demand gen team at Spiceworks. And so my one of my main focus is um, creating great pieces of content for those marketers, whether that's through webinars, whether that's Google Hangouts, infographics, blog posts, whatever it is, but my main goal is to always add value to their day first. And then that gets them, you know, into that whole typical demand gen cycle and all that stuff. But that my main focus is making sure they have great content. On the other part of my job is, you know, I get to work with an awesome team that helps to get put on Spice World. So the last six months to a year, I've been obsessing about the marketer track just at Spice World because there's a specific track that just uh, where tech marketers can come to and learn best practices when it comes to tech marketing. That's great, guys. And, you know, first of all, congrats. This has been you know, a real amazing week. I mean, you know, one of the things that, that I've really taken in is just how much you guys understand the persona you're talking to. I mean, walking walking the halls here, walking the you know the floor, you know the swag here definitely speaks to your audience. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, my my co-founder is more the product guy. Always kind of says that you know developers need a different you know different culture, a different approach. And you know, it's, there's no question that everyone here has nailed what that is, and you guys have have created that well. And you know, what it, what I think would be interesting, just given that we're at a conference where you know where we're all brought together. There's 2,400 people here. Is to really dig in on that whole idea of bringing content together over a week. And you know the interesting thing, Todd, that you were saying earlier is that you know most of the time you're thinking about the next blog post, the next webinar. And I've seen our team at Uberflip like they you know they're in major crunch mode sometimes when it's leading up to a webinar. But in this case, I mean, how many sessions do you have? That's almost like 
you know, tens, if not a hundred webinars that you have to execute in a few days. So maybe talk to us about how you think about this event as being, you know, content intensity. So I think, you know, what Jen and the team, we always think about first and foremost is that this is an experience. It's not so much an event in our minds, it's an experience. And that part of that experience is what are they learning? What are they, you know, every single touch point and what are they taking away every single day? So literally we sit down like probably tomorrow, even after when the conference is over after this recording, we're going to sit down and say, what's next? And so we do sit down and we ask a lot of questions of what went well, what didn't went well for as far as content goes. And the other thing we definitely ask is the tech marketers who attended. You know, what did they miss that we didn't hit or what things they like so much they want us to bring back. So it's, you know, building that content, it, it's a full, almost a year-round thing where we always look to find out what can make sure that that's relevant and adds value to their day. I mean, from my perspective, I do. I think a lot of people see events and they don't think about it as content, but it's almost like content wrapped up in an experience like yeah. Todd said. I just feel like of course, we're, you know, people come here because they want to learn, first and foremost. Like, nobody would get the money from their bosses to come here if we didn't have sessions that were going to some way help them do their job. So that's pretty much where it starts with us. And we say, what are the key topics that they need to learn about? We ask them a lot. We, we could pretend like we knew, but that's really the secret, I think, to any good piece of content is knowing your audience and not being afraid to just ask them what do you want to learn about so from year one with Spice World that's what we do we always get their input first because we know by letting them tell us then we go find that whether or not we create it or we're bringing the right people to the table to deliver it you know that just it varies from year to year but I think the difference with the event portion of it is they're here sitting in a room taking the content in that way as opposed to sitting at their desk right I think a lot of times with content for a webinar People don't think through, hey, we should probably make this an experience too. Good content, but also what's that emotional experience they have? You know, it can be fun. And so, yeah, like this guy over here to my left, he obviously does a great job of. Um, but I, I think that that's a thing. And I think with events, when you approach it like that and you're wrapping it in an experience and there is the, the fun, the parties and whatnot, but like what those experiences in the hallway are, that's what packages it up to being this experience. And, and the one thing that I'll say is I do think it's really easy to miss the mark on taking advantage of how to use that content later on. Because yeah. it's like you said, we have hundreds of sessions that happen here and you're obsessing in the months and the weeks leading up. And so you think you've got this killer agenda to get people there. Well, after the event, you are so tired and then you're back to your inbox <laughs> and you're trying to catch up on your emails and then you're trying to get your brain around how can it possibly be the case that I'm already planning next year's event so you think about the next year's event and you forget about all this content that you just recorded that almost goes in this graveyard to die unless there's somebody else out there thinking about it. What what to go then do with that content after that. And it's not going to be the event team. I think a lot of times they, they look to the event team and say, like, what did you do with that content? Like, I've just given up. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but there's a whole buffet of lovely, wonderful, killer content for a content marketer out there that wants to take it and make magic. <laughs> I think it's interesting, uh, Todd, you talked about the, the, the marketing track mm -hmm. and the focus that's being put on that. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about how that's evolved and what kind of changes you've had to make in going from it being a very IT pro focus to now inserting this? I mean, you guys said what, almost a third of the attendees are actually tech marketers. Mm -hmm. So what kind of changes and evolutions in the content did that bring about? Well, how it even started was... Um, 
I have done event marketing in my career, my whole career, along with just Marcom in general. But when I would go to a show, typically, I would stand there and I would have my booth hours that need to be open, and then you'd have downtime, but it was never enough to really get work done. So there was always just this dead space. And so when we started Spice World, and I was noticing that with the sponsors, I just wanted to give them something else to do. And I think our whole big thing has always been just be real and talk to the people you're marketing to. Instead of marketing to a demographic, why not? talk to a person that happens to be the person you want to help with whatever solution it is. So we started just having really casual sessions with the marketers. We said, hey, if you're free, we're just gonna get a bunch of IT pros in here. If you wanna ask them questions, if you wanna understand more what they think about your products, what marketing they respond to. And so it pretty much started just hanging out, having a conversation in a room, and then every year we'd say, well, maybe we should get a little bit more organized about this. And we'd come up with smaller you know, sessions and then Fast forward, I think the first year we did that was 2010, where it was really casual. And every year since then, with every venue, we've just gotten a lot more organization around it, up to the point now where, you know, there's Todd that looks at every year and he says, what did the survey results say last year about what we learned? And then, you know, you can speak to how you went about this year. Yeah, so this year we really took, um, we always look at the survey results. And to be candid, one of the survey, the surveys that we saw last year was, hey, you're too product pitchy you need to give us some more content that's adding value to our day, that's, you know, we get it as marketers, you're gonna pitch us, but we want more of that meaty goodness that we can show how do we apply these press practices and, you know, people who maybe have used your products over you. So that was a big survey, you know, feedback that we got. And listen, you just have to take it in and say, okay, how do we make it better? So we literally did and we, before we even started with a full agenda, we looked at those surveys and then we went back into our community of tech marketers and said, tell us, here are the things that we think, based on your feedback last year, that you want. What do you think? And we got buy-in from them, and they said, yeah, this is exactly what we want. No, add this, or can you do this? And so that's where we really started for the content piece. And that's, I mean, that's kind of where we, the whole foundation was put down. Um, so that's kind of how it evolved from you know last year to this year. The other big thing that evolved was just the size. I mean, we grew almost, again, more than 50%, or almost 50% just from the tech marketer side. So you have to kind of work with the, the back of that experience is you grow from X point to Y, and how do you make sure that now over 800 to close to 900 marketers are having a great experience individually? Um, and so that's what, you know, scaling that and growing it was a big thing we had to look at. I think something else with events that as they get bigger, it's really important is you have to get back to basics. And I hate saying things like this because it just sounds so elementary, but it's what's your goal? But people really forget to ask that. And yeah. I think that when we started the marketing track, there was no goal. I was wanting to just entertain them, make good use of their time. It was that basic, there was no formal goal. So the next year we said, let's do that again and let's have them talk about things that'll be useful, very loose goal. Well, as it started evolving, what happened is we said, oh, we have all these marketers here that are in Spiceworks. Let's try to help teach them how to get more out of Spiceworks. Well, what happens then, that was the goal we started talking about these products that we thought would help them, but it came across as product pitchy, and we had to really regroup on the marketing track and say, what is our goal now that we've grown? What's the best use of this time? And I think that it's really easy to lose sight of what the goal is in having an event. And we have to do that with the IT pros always, we have to do that with the tech marketers, and some years it changes, because as the company gets bigger, everybody in your company will come to you with their specific goal and their agenda, and they'll say, I need a (laughs) session, or I'm doing this. And it just turns into a circus. And there's no cohesiveness around back to basics. What are we trying to do for the attendees? And then always asking that question and saying, how does that support that goal and get back to it? 
That's great advice. I, you know, I think you know one of the things we try and do on this podcast is, is you know, as much as we're here, focus on Spice World, kind of take this to the broader sense. So, a marketer listening, how do they go in? How do they deal with some of these tough decisions? So, setting a goal out of the out of the start is key. Yeah. One of the things that you touched on, Todd, that I want to dig back a, a few minutes ago, and I've been on the reverse side of this, so mm-hmm. you're gonna have to give me the hard answer. Right? <laughs> oh, <God>. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things that you guys have done an amazing job at, as I mentioned earlier on the floor, is you have amazing sponsors here, yeah. right? And obviously, a lot of those sponsors are going to give a lot of your keynotes and a lot of your sessions are going to be filled by them. How do you find that right line of policing them? You know, and all people running an event have to do this to, you know, allow your sponsor to engage in a session, but make sure that that session is not a product pitch because, you know, as much as my team always pushes for a session when we sponsor an event, we know that you know you got to lead with content, right? Um, not everyone understands that as much as you guys do as the architects here. Yeah. How do you how do you balance that and how do you police that with people? We have always, from day one, been pretty transparent with data, and by that we do surveys, yep. and we always, especially when the event's smaller, it's easier to get everybody to take a survey. But even when it gets bigger there are ways to do it and if you just get survey data on those breakout sessions and you we ask questions scale of one to ten how much of a product pitch was this how useful was it and we just go back to the vendors and we tell them that and we keep that every year and when somebody signs up we have a kickoff call we let them know hey we know your goal is exposure for your product and that makes sense that's a great goal and here's the best way we've seen people go about it and we'll show them survey data and so we'll say here's an example of and we'll show them brands like them and so we start out with that to guide them because we want them to be successful too. And then that's really, that's the best thing that we've found that works because you're right, they've, they've paid money to be here. At the end of the day, the session is theirs to do with what they want. We can only help so much them be successful. But I have rarely seen a sponsor tank one year because they did a pitch and not come back next year, the next year swinging and hit a home run. They usually, especially here, because IT pros can be really brutal and they won't hold back. And after you've had that experience once, um, we had a big tech brand who's out on the floor here who arguably everybody on the show in some way, shape, or form uses. So I will not mention this brand, but <laughs> their first year at Spice Roll, when they had a keynote, they got booed. And oh, for wow. me as an organizer wow. that also wants that sponsor to be happy, it was <laughs> painful. But I knew why they did, and the sales rep came to me upset, and I just had to go back to the data and say, that was a big bummer, and here's why let's help them make sure that this doesn't happen next year. Yeah, one of the, one of the things I often tell, you know, our team to think about in any type of opportunity is think about when you go to a movie, right? When you go to a movie, you are there to see, you know, that keynote, that, you know, main feature, but there's always going to be the commercials before, you know, before the movie. You know, even before the previews. And the ones that are commercials, you tune out to. But yeah. some of these companies have figured out how to tell like amazing stories at the beginning, and yeah. that's what you know we need to get yeah. sponsors yeah. to do at events. And I think I think the sponsors too in that case, like Jen says, is the data you know helps give them the pathway. But I think, I mean, I've done this too when I when I do speak engagements. I'm doing one right now where I'm asking a lot of questions as the person they're asking to present. I'm asking, you know, who's the audience? What kind of things do they care about? So it's it's on you as a sponsor too to really almost humble yourself and say, okay, let me make sure I know who my audience is and kind of just bounce some ideas off the person you're going, you know, to to present to. You know, we do that a lot at Spiceworks is, you know, we give them the data, we go through the data, but also we sit down with them 
and we say, how can we help you do this? Um, and don't just kind of let them swim on their own. We, we really are a hands-on company to help them say, we want to make this the best for you. Here's how it can be best. Because again, you don't want to invest all this time into getting booed. You want to make sure it's great for your audience, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's how we kind of balance that too, is we're invested in making sure, because that one piece of content, if that thing tanks, it leaves a bad mouth for the whole rest of the quote unquote content experience. So you just gotta make sure you do your, do your work. And, and I think another thing, again, back to basics, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves to create content and they forget that content can be out there in real life. Like the story, it's yeah. not about even telling the story, it's about sharing the story. Yeah. And so it's, again, pretty basic, but case studies are so much better. It's so much better and we'll connect a lot of our vendors if we know they're coming and maybe they're struggling, we'll say, how about we connect you with one of our spice heads? That's what the IT pros call themselves, spice heads, but that's using your product and let them work with you to tell the story because that's always going to be better. And so I think if you can kind of sometimes as a sponsor, get out of your own way and like Todd says, know your audience, understand that it's about the story and figure out, is there somebody that looks like them that can help tell the story because they're going to be more credible because they don't have a dog in the fight in terms of a product pitch. They're really just up there to share their story and their experience. Absolutely. So we're we're talking about sponsors. So let's let's do a shameless sponsor read. <laughs> Usually, I try and make it no you know, not yeah. seem like a shameless sponsor read, but like how can you not? Yeah, you know, take that opportunity. So I, I'm going to tell you, actually, we're, we are talking about figuring out what's going to work and, and figuring out how to predict the best outcome. And, and Inbound Writer is one of our sponsors. They do a great job at helping you determine what content to write before you put it down. They remove a lot of that guesswork so that you can have a real analysis of your site, your competition, and the search engine behaviors so that you know what to go out with. Um, they'll help you increase traffic and waste a lot of the time that we're talking about that's crucial. So they offer free month of their solution if you go to inboundwriter.com slash content pros offer so you know rob you want to keep going from there off of off of sponsors <laughs> yes absolutely um it, it seems like the way you guys started spice world was very much a, a user conference type of scenario but it with the with the marketers coming in and the way you know the content that you guys have here it almost feels more like an industry conference. Do you feel like that's the direction that you're going? And if so, how is that changing the way that you approach, uh, the way that you set up content for the conference? Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely the way that it's going. And I wish I could take credit for saying that was super intentional. Starting in 2008, there was a vision. But as most things Spiceworks, there's a lot of, um, it was pretty organic. Um, I think that really the easiest way I can explain what Spice World is, is it's our community come to life and offline because what we say in our community where the IT pros are interacting with each other to help each other answer questions, get information, the tech marketers have gotten in there and at first it was them putting their brand in there through ads and then it was putting their product features in there or putting themselves in directories but then it became putting their people in there with what we call green guys or green gals where they have a person from their team, it might be a technical person, it might be a marketer, it might be any number of people that are interacting with the IT pros and that's where the trust starts. So that's what's been happening here is a really cool thing to see. And that's where I do love it. It's becoming an industry event from the standpoint of just how virtuous it seems because what we tell these tech marketers is don't just sit in the room and listen to us. Go out there and just talk to the IT pros. Like they're people, they're right there in the flesh here. It's, it's just so easy as a marketer to say, what's my demographic? I'm gonna create content that will target them. Again, 
we just just walk outside at Spice World, go ask five IT pros what they think, get to know them. And it's just, I mean, to me, just the the ease of that and how basic it is, almost old fashioned, is just, is kind of magic. And so I think that that's the cool thing is by bringing them together, it ends up really delivering on what true marketing should be. Get to know your target market. Um, and as far as how we approach devising the content, we have two, we have one person that truly owns the event, but of course they can't do it on their own. I mean, like I said, it takes 200 volunteers, but there's yeah. probably a core team <laughs> of about 10 people that think about Spice World year round. Um, there's only two that will be doing that full time, but then there's other folks like, for instance, Todd, he said, you own the marketing track. I need you thinking about all the content for marketers and it just makes sense because he can be thinking about them. There's somebody else that's thinking about the IT pros, but then midway through the year, we're making sure that we're all working together as a team so we can find those areas where we can cross pollinate so that it feels cohesive and it is really bringing them together because if we, if we divide it too much, it just, it's not going to be authentic. It's really just going to be almost... It's, it's back to our whole brand. Like we bring tech marketers and IT pros together. So a lot of the time, and in, in the tech marketer content sessions, you're going to see IT pros who will come in as part of the panel, and that just like even brings even more to life that they're, they're again tech marketers and IT pros in one area together, and they're all having fun and you know enjoying Spice World at the same time. Well, I'll warn you, I did hear from a tech pro today that they were a little disappointed that the marketers had uh, Bloody Marys this morning. I heard that. I'm in so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> so the fact that we marketers were tweeting and sharing it out, yeah. uh, I got you in a little yeah. bit of trouble. And, have, and fair enough, actually, because I did think that because it was we we can get, and it's really easy to do in a big company, you get so focused on what's my goal yeah. over here. And I did think that, and I knew that would come up. I'm like, why haven't we given them Bloody Marys? <laughs> <laughs> I deserve them. So Next year. Yeah. Next, year. Next year. I think I'm on record saying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's coming out of your budget. <laughs> so, so, you know, one of the, the, the parts of this week that's been an education, I think, for me is, you know, we always think, as I said, about content being sitting at our desk and creating content. But, you know, one of the types of content you guys are powering for a lot of brands is the community. You know, and and we, we ignore often the community is creating content. And even beyond, you know, the, our typical thought of community, we think online forums and things like that. But, you know, we, Rob and I were on a panel yesterday, and one of the things that we all realized was that this was another community event. Um, so how do you how do you kind of take some of the stories you know that come out of here and, and I'm gonna line one up that I should have told you that I heard rumblings that there was like an engagement or a marriage of, of the community that actually happened here in the last couple of years maybe you can tell that story and and also how you build that into content going forward because apparently in addition to Bloody Mary's next year we'll also be having a wedding, <laughs> a wedding. here <laughs> I have a lot to do so we might need to wrap this up um, it's wild. I think I think that's the thing to me when I go back to the virtuousness of it, and um, a bit like I say this thing: like everything you need to know you learned in kindergarten about it, because they um, probably it's and I'm not sure exactly when they met, but they connected in the community, sharing help stories, tips, jokes about IT, and they just appreciated each other's intelligence and their humor and their wit and their candor. And they got to the point where we were able to develop a relationship in our community such that they decided we are going to meet in person. And so they came last year to Spice World Austin. They met for the first time in person. They decided we are going to give this a go and date. He lives over in the UK. She lives in Canada. Um, they then went to Spice World London, which we have in May. And their relationship continued to develop and evolve such that just last week, 
I got an email asking if I would consider that, that they were engaged and would we consider having the wedding at Spice World next year. <laughs> incredible. That is wild. And you rename it like E-Spice World, I mean, E-Harmony, right? I, don't know. Or something like I that. mean, I am like, I'm Competitors. over there. I'm excited. <laughs> I think that's a true sign of, of the, the power of the community that you guys have here, though, that, you know, something like that. And, I mean, I was there at the opening session when that was announced, and people, like, they lost it. They were so excited, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to be able to have that kind of story come out of your community, that, yeah. that's pretty fantastic. And I think it's – I was talking about this earlier today. I think it's uh, – um, I think it really shows the trust – that all relationships, again, are based on, but that can develop in a community when people are just being real and they're helping each other. And I think that, um, I don't know if you've heard this before, but um, I don't know how many years ago, somebody got a tattoo with Spice, our brand, and Spice Rex on, on her body. She'd never met us in person, but that was based on her experience in the community with people in the community and the help she felt like she was getting and the trust. And the thing that... I mean, that just blows my mind, too. Just the fact that somebody... I mean, none of us that work at Spice Works have tattoos. Nope. <laughs> like, we love working here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the one thing I'll say um, with content is in these communities, people forget these conversations that are happening organically. They're content. I think, again, I think people feel this pressure. I need to sit down and write this opus or this masterpiece, and this yeah. is going to be... Or create... Not to say that... The, isn't legit those are great too infographics all these things that we make that there's this review cycle and everything involved but these organic conversations that are happening I mean that's content to me like people want to read that because they're educational and it's real and it's genuine and I think sometimes we limit what we consider content to be because we've seen white papers or infographics or webinars and all these things that have a lot of you know, production involved, which are wonderful, but that there are some really basic things yeah. out there. I mean, we look at our, our tech marketer group inside Spiceworks very closely for what kind of content to write about. And specifically, there was one about um, Google Hangouts and webinars of how do you do those? And it wasn't about, it was more the tactical of like, mm-hmm. what equipment do you have? Do you do a rundown? Do you, do you time it out? Do you X, Y, and Z it? And there was a whole bunch of stuff. And like, we do webinars at Spiceworks for both tech marketers and IT pros a lot. And so we were like, well, there's, they're already starting it. Let's just go ahead and build off of that. So we did. We, you know, we, we took that content that was already there and just kind of repackaged it and, and you know, put our little spin on it. And there it was for them. And you're gonna speaking of you know, the content too, like this community in life, real life here, a lot of content we're just gonna repackage and, and just make it, you know, a little different. Um, so I think that's where the community and content come together really well. And I think the thing that I found with community content, it's a lot more practical and immediately yeah. useful. It is. Um, I I have um, there are a lot of conferences I don't like to go to. We were having this conversation because you show up and there's an agenda, and it's a lot of lofty industry trends. But at the end of the session, as far as a piece of content, I want to know. I'm like, I know, I get, I'm supposed to go do that, but like, how? how Just some, what's the next three things? Is my inbox is filling up here, and I'm going to be behind once I get back and underwater? How do I do that? And so I think a lot of times community or the more basic pieces of content that are snackable that aren't these longer form pieces can be easier to create and find and a lot more useful for the people yeah. that are reading it. Yeah, because they're already talking about it, so it's like low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I love that story, by the way, before about, you know, 
someone getting married next year at Spice World. That, you know, I'm coming we back. We don't know yet. That's We're happening. But, <laughs> you know, what, one of our sponsors is not necessarily going to get you approval for that. Uh, you know, they're called Proof HQ, and it's not necessarily about approval of weddings, but you know, they will make sure a lot of these big decisions that I, I can only imagine have happened here um, you know, around size of logo or you know, what's the best photo to use. You know, really executing that content on a day-to-day basis can be tough in a big organization, and you guys have really done a great job here at making sure that everything is seamless. So you know, I, I, I give you kudos, but the rest of us can look at Proof HQ. And if you want to try it out, you can go to bit.ly slash Proof HQ. So, you know, I, I think we have time for a couple more questions. The one that I want to kind of work on from, you know, tying events to what we do after this, as you said, you're going to be pushed back into work and pushed back. And everyone else here who took a few days to be here, how do you deliver all the content that they didn't get to? I mean, you know, maybe people get to a dozen or, or maybe two dozen yeah. uh, you know, sessions while they're here. But as we said, yeah. you've got lots of them. I had to make a hard decision today, you know, during the marketing track, which session to go see. You know, and I missed out on some other ones. I saw a great one from Ann Hanley. But, uh, you know, how how do you how do you package up that content like you said and get it to the 2400 people who are here or those who couldn't come it's it's like one of the biggest like challenges the redheaded stepchild that no one wants to talk about until it's over the conference is over because you're you're in full conference mode you're like I'll get to that later I'll get to that later but the problem that we have seen over the years is you can't get to it later you have to get to it first because it's still part of the experience and there are those like you guys who may not get to a session so we've done a very this year specifically a very focused point on, okay, what's the promotion plan after it's over? And so, you know, we sat down and, you know, candidly, we haven't put as much, you know, thought or process into it yet, but we've taken a huge step forward in saying, what are we going to do one week out, two weeks out, three weeks out to make sure that those who couldn't come have this experience? So um, it is, it's a lot of just, again, the conference isn't over just when the person says, bye-bye, have a great time, we'll see you next year. You got to still plan out. Okay, what's the email promo look like? You've got all you got eleven sessions here. What can you do with, for example, Ann Hanley's keynote? What can we do there? Can we cut it up into three-minute short snippets? Can we put in an infographic of one of the slides she showed? You know, can we do a blog post on it? You know, or can we like prime example here is we've already thought about this is the the tech marketers who were doing sessions on the tech marketing track, we're gonna turn those into case studies. Case studies that are not only a report white paper, but also a blog post and maybe a webinar. So you really do have to take that forward thinking approach to say, all right, we are gonna take this concerted effort and we are gonna make this part of our whole entire plan, our whole entire experience. Because again, when you walk out and you say, I don't get to see a video, like where's it at? To me, that's like, oh, I haven't gotten to you yet. Like, I'll get there, just hold on. But you know, you just gotta, again, it's a concerted effort to make sure that, that experience continues after you know the main live event goes on. And I think the reality is, on a basic level, everybody records all the sessions. We have all the sessions recorded. We post them all, they're available, but frankly, when we yeah. go back and look at the stats of how many people actually go back and then watch yeah. all of them in full form, it's really low. Yeah. And as an event planner, you can spend a lot of money and time and headache doing that, you get it up, but you should go back and really make sure you promote it and people know it's there, but look at the numbers and the views to see if it's worthwhile because what we're moving towards is we'll have that, but like Todd said, we're going to take that and make it into more snackable bits that we know people are going to consume because people come to conferences for a reason. You're here, you're in that space where you're willing to sit down 
and listen for a full hour, maybe yeah. while you're you know tweeting or this or that. But I think that that's a lot what we still need to evolve is what those formats look like so that the essence of that content, yeah. when people go back home and they're busy, they can still get the gist of it, like the most important points that I just, um, you know, they would have gotten if they were in the session, but yeah. once they're back in their office, they're not going to spend. Typically, we've found based on our on our data. Yeah, I mean, there, and there is, and the thing that's other key thing is, you know, what do you do with all this content after it's all over? Well, we look at data to see what content does well in these, you know, is it is a webinar the best play? Is the infographic? Is it X, Y, or Z? And that's how we're deciding on how to put this content out there. So to be honest with you, you know, most people when they watch the whole video piece, we're not going to put all of them up on this big landing page and best hours and best money to do it. We're going to make snackable chunks because nobody, it's a 60 minutes is a huge time investment. And I can't ask you to do that until I give you something first to say, this is why you should invest in 60 minutes. So I'm going to give you three minutes and I'm going to do the work for you and say, these are the top three things that you need to care about. If you want more, now you can watch the whole thing. Um, so I think that's uh, for marketers out there who are wondering what to do next, all this, all this stuff. I would look at the data of what's done really well and then use that as your next your pathway for your next step. Awesome, guys. You know, that, that's great advice and you know, definitely the snackable content perspective. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we're in danger right now of not making this snackable, this <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, so we're going to wrap up, but you know, I want to thank you know, both of you for taking the time. You know, there's, there's craziness going on here. So for you guys to lock yourself in here and talk about this, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're actually enjoying the, the break, but yes. you, know, you definitely have things to get back to. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to this, this episode. I want to thank Rob Z from, from Marketing Profs for joining us. Uh, I encourage everyone, if they enjoyed this episode, to subscribe, be it at iTunes, at Stitcher, pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found, including contentprospodcast.com. On behalf of myself, Randy at Uberflip, uh, typically Chris Moody at Oracle Marketing Cloud, uh, we thank you on behalf of Convince and Convert and uh, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, Proof HQ, and Inbound Rider, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by Audio